What star is that? It's my own secret technique. Imagine if these brothers never saw a color. Would they be peaceful in the streets with brothers kill each other? Before we go, can you imagine? With your ears, clear your mind. Can you imagine? Paint a picture in the sky. I cannot sing, and I can obviously not rap as good as Snoop, and I can't sing as good as D'Angelo, you know what I'm saying? But uh, that was Imagine. That's one of my best, favorite, peaceful tracks in the history of Earth. In fact, you know what? Hip-hop doesn't get enough respect for all the songs about peace it's always made. I'm going to just say that right now, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Snoop Dogg, you know what I'm saying? Dr. Drizzy, all damn Drizzy, and the whole West Side. Thank you for listening to FarsideTV.com. You are locked into the Bishop, Bishop, Bishop Chronicles. And as always, I am your host, Adisa, the Bishop, a.k.a. the Black Dragon of the West Side, a.k.a. Zatul. Ichi. Oh, hold on. It's right over left, right? I'm looking at my reflection. Wakanda. Um, AKA the South Bay Shogun, Shogun, Shogun. AKA the Iron Hook Assassin. That's what they call me. What? Well, give me that arm, boy. I will. Yeah, you know what it is. Also known as the Hood's Black Ron Burgundy. How you doing, baby? Um, understand that ain't nobody triller than me, homeboys and girls. Um, Bishop Chronicles is the world's first podcast bringing you West Coast perspectives on hip-hop, health, and fitness trends. Understand that ain't nobody out there lacing your cranium with this here vibranium like a Disa Uno Nuno. Dis, you know what I mean? Um, that's what's happening. Um, so you can be down now or you can bow down later because the West Coast OGs, what do we do? We stay greater full. Stop acting silly like I won't close line you right in the um yeah man let me let me tell you right now um if this is your first time tuning in all right understand that this may not be the best thing how about a show enough is the West thing. How about a show enough is the West thing. How about a show enough, show enough, show enough, show enough. Show enough is the West thing. Wakanda. Um, yeah, don't forget to subscribe, man. You know this drill. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, you know what I mean? Mixcloud. Come on, man. Stop playing. We're everywhere, bro. We're everywhere. Um, and we're growing. People are checking for us. And you know what? Like high powered fools are starting to hit me up. That's what's tripping me out. You know what I mean? When real dudes, geez, killers, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm just kidding. FBI. Um, when real people who are factors in the game hit you up and it's like, Hey player, I really like what you singing out there, bruh. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, Oh, what? For real, bro? Yeah. You know, uh, uh, you know, we do. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate the love. You know what I'm saying? And if you're brand new, let me just tell you right now, you need to go check out my last one. You know what I'm saying? About uh, what I, how I think hip hop can help 
open the door for peace between the black and Asian tensions. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you should check out the RZA interview. You should check out my Mel D. Cole, man. Come on, man. He's one of the best photographers ever in hip hop, bro. And ever in terms of photojournalism, what's going on right now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you need to check that out. You know what I'm saying? You need to go back. You know what I'm saying? Check out my strategic life, a Tupac show. You ain't listen to that in this Corona season, boy. You better get yourself up there, you know what I'm saying? But the BCP army is growing, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, me and Mike, we just appreciate the follows. We appreciate the shares. Every time you hear a show that you like, you should share it with just two people, man. Just two people that you really think are going to listen. I ain't going to say, oh, send it to everybody. No, but just send it to two people that you actually think going to listen. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, man, welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, uh, you dealing with the hoods, Black Ron Burgundy, you know what I'm saying? Live and direct, and now it is time for heartbeat props. <laughs> right? Uh, why do we do this? Because um, life is fragile. And um, last year, I lost more people than I've ever lost before. But even before then, I was going through and doing heartbeat props. Heartbeat props was inspired by Digital Underground. Shout out to Money B, you know what I'm saying? Um, shout out to the whole digital crew. Um, and it's about giving people their props now. So I'm going to shout some people out. You know what I mean? And you will go follow them. First up on the heartbeat props, drum roll, at Chess Club Live, straight across, Chess Club Live. Go follow my people, you know what I'm saying? Um, they post a lot of dope stuff about chess culture uh, all around the world, you know what I'm saying? And they got love for Bishop Chronicles. So I want you to follow them and give love. You know what I'm saying? The purpose of Heartbeat Props is to give thanks to people uh, while they're alive, right? So you don't be at their funeral or posting all kind of stuff on their Facebook page after they die. Like, man, yeah, it was hella cool, bro. Stop. Say it now. You know what I'm saying? And tell people why. Like, I appreciate your support. You feel me? Or, you know what I'm saying? You 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 can give Heartbeat Props to anybody, your mom, your dad, your cousin, your baby mom, and she might get in nervous, but you know, you cool for that though. I acted him out. You know what I'm saying? So uh, also at Fabby Davis Jr. One, Fabby Davis Jr. Man, I'm talking about the dude who created Dope Air. I'm talking about one of the dude. You know what my crazy Fabby Davis story is, Mr. Fab story is? And I even tell him this when I interviewed him. You should check that show out. But one of my biggest memories of him as an artist is um, I went, what was the show? Only in the Bay people know what this is. Right now I'm, I'm kind of sleep deprived so um what was the thing the show they used to do at people's park in berkeley used to be lit one year fab showed up with zion i shout out to zion i when you coming on the show bro come on stop playing the most high though um fab he gets on and now i know i'm about to get a ticket because you know the the little people are putting around on them things handing out tickets because the place is packed right so he starts freestyling going off the dome Boom, he rocking, whole crowd. Rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, all right, I don't want to leave, but I can't get a ticket, right? Because I, I, I love Fab, but I can't pay $50 to watch him freestyle. You know what I'm saying? So I run, pay. It was far. And run back. Get back there. Why is he still busting? And the whole crowd, hey, 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 hey. And they kept going and he still killed it. I'll never, ever forget that memory. And that ain't got nothing to do with why I'm putting him in uh, uh, the heartbeat props. You know why I'm putting him in heartbeat props? 
because when all this stuff started going down between um these young folks really overdoing it, tripping out, attacking these elderly Asian people, which is some of the most cowardly and uncivilized stuff I've ever seen in all my days. You know what I'm saying? Um, he was the first rapper that I knew in the yay that spoke out. A lot of y'all could have and should have, and a lot of y'all still can and should. But he spoke out first, put it on video, shared it, and I was really deeply impressed. I mean, that's not the first time he impressed me. But in this time, when stuff is super crucial... You know what I'm saying? Your voice matters. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Fab for that. Also at Hip Hop for Change uh, for putting together uh, uh, an event uh, that's coming up. Follow them at Hip Hop, the number four, Change, um, because um, they're doing an event about Black and Asian unity. And it's important that we do not let the media, politicians, uh, anybody, Get in the way of our history of unity here in the Bay or anywhere in America. I don't care. All right. Now, there's a lot of stuff to unpack. If you check my last show, you already see my position. But I also know there's more layers to it. Stop playing. You talking to the man. I'm the South Bay Shogun boy. You ain't talking to no dummy, bro. But what I'm saying is we have to start having these conversations. And hip hop for change is one of those people starting to lead from the front. And this is how this is when we find out what hip hop is really capable of. You know, people like to sit around and be all hella like uh, almost religious with they hip hop. Like, hip hop can change this and hip hop can and hip hop. And we have uh, rapper holy books and we are going to have a seat, blood. Stop trying to create a cult and just do the work. Would you? Um, seriously. If hip hop has healing power between blacks and Asians, now there's time. We're going to figure it out. You know what I mean? Um, and so I'm excited about uh, what hip hop for change has been doing. Shout out to Kafri, you know what I'm saying? And everybody, boy, you know what I mean? And finally, the final heartbeat <laughs> props goes to if 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 at YBCA. Yerba Buena Center for the Arts at YBCA. Blood, what? People trying to send me messages in the middle, blood? You know what I'm saying? Why are they trying to highlight a scholar right now, man? I'm recording, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, Yerba Buena Center of the Arts just named your boy, Adis. I don't know how do I do it. I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. Uh, I was just named um, YBCA 100 honoree. Thank you. I'd like to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank my friends. Shout out to mom and dad for bringing me into the world. You know what I'm saying? Um, and yeah, I mean, really, I was named a YBCA uh, a 100 honoree. Uh, I've, I've got a lot of great company. You know what I'm saying? My boy, Davey D, you know what I'm saying? Homegirl Jazz, you know what I'm saying? Cable Conte, blood. I see you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of us. There's a lot of really amazing educators, art people, uh, tech people doing amazing things uh, in the Bay and 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 some folks outside of the Bay, man, you know what I'm saying? Um, impacting this world in beautiful ways. And so I want to thank the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my boy Hussein, you know what I'm saying? Rashid, bro, you know what I'm saying? West Coast OGs, you know what I'm saying? Photographers. Um, and I just want to say that I appreciate being uh, named an honoree and I look forward to doing more stuff and I'm grateful. And, you know, to be honest, you know, these last two or three years have been kind of hard on a player and um, I didn't expect to get this um, award. 
and I'm truly grateful and I'm going to continue. Like it really did inspire me in a lot of ways. Cause sometimes, and I know you feel it too. You do what you do with your best intent. You just be like, man, does anybody even, does anybody, and awards really aren't the litmus test, um, of everything that you do and how you should value what you do. I did a lot of years with no awards and I mainly no awards to be honest, but you do it. And then you get some acknowledgement or somebody opens a door, somebody helps you get some funding or whatever, and it helps your whole life. So I'm super grateful because I didn't expect that. And I am supremely grateful. Follow at YBCA, your Buena Center of the Arts. And now it's time for the West Coast Word of the Week. Yeah, West Coast Word of the Week. Why do we do it? We do it so that you don't get beat up, fool. When you come out here acting like, you know, when people speak to you and you don't understand what's really popping, you get smacked up or jacked. You know what I'm saying? Not that that should happen. But it's like anytime, anytime you go, if I was coming to your hood and you didn't tell me what to say and what what not to say, you didn't tell me, hey, bro, take that off. Take that hat off. Like, I know, like, if you go to Chicago, man, you wear your bill the wrong way and your baseball hat, you can catch it. You know what I'm saying? I don't even wear baseball hats when I'm in the shot. I don't even get out of the uh, airport, actually. I've never really been to Chicago. I'm always just going planes. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Reds of Vic Jiu-Jitsu. Um, what I am going to say, though, is that uh, the West Coast word of the week is swoop. Swoop. You know what I mean? It's just really simple. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let me give you a scenario. Uh... You you met a you met a fresh chick, you know what I'm saying? You was 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 posted with the homies, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you was in the Mission District, you know what I'm saying? You you was over there uh, off Story and King and San Ho, you know what I'm saying? You was you was coming up out of the dope era store with your fresh gear, and you came up on a number, and then you know what I'm saying she sent you the text, you talking a woo woo, and then you like what's up, girl? She's like how you doing? What's up? Oh, you know, man, I, you know I was thinking about you just now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you were for real? I was though. Well, what you talking about? What you doing right now? Well, you know I'm kind of hungry. Oh, you know I'm kind of hungry too. Well, girl, I'ma swoop through and we're gonna go. Get some vegan sandwiches. You down for that? Oh, I really never had no sandwiches that was vegan before. Was it good? Girl, didn't I just tell you it was good? Let the OG swoop through and uh, it'll be popping the most. She'd be like, for real? You gonna swoop me up? And then she go, hey, hey. And everybody's, hey, hey. And then it's lit. Swoop. Swoop is the word. Um, it's the word, it's the word, it's the word. It's got groove, it's got feeling. Ew, bam, bam. So look, so now it is time for the haiku. You know, haiku, man, let me tell you right now. I'm going to just keep it real with you. I'm working on a whole book of haikus, a sick book of haikus. And that's not even counting the book I'm about to finish right now. I got a whole book of haikus, sick ones, getting ready to drop in a whole new way. I'm almost telling you too much shit. A haiku is a Japanese poem of three lines. The first line has five syllables, the second, seven syllables, and the third, five. These are not words. You got to count it out. Syllables. You know what I'm saying? Syllables, right? Now, um, they do not have to rhyme, although most of mine do rhyme, although recently the ones that I've been doing haven't rhymed. So, um, Mike, on this one, on this one, you know what I'm going to need? I'm going to need that, that West Coast ocean, nighttime, styly scene. 
I'm going to need just the ocean and some birds. Like the sun is setting. It's not night, but it's like sunset. You know what I mean? Let me get some birds. Not like a straight jungle forest, but like birds. You know what I mean? Right. 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 All right. Now, here we go. De-escalation at 7.83 hertz. Look for 30 birds. <laughs> Levels. You don't even... Uh, let me take that from the top. Rewind, selector! De-escalation at 7.83 hertz. Look for 30 birds. Yo, what am I doing, man? What is DC? What is he doing? Where am I taking you? Let me tell you where I'm taking you. Let me break that down. Let me get a top zero on that. You know what I mean? Let me break that down. Let me kick the hook on y'all. You know what I mean? Um, de-escalation. I've been talking to you about the importance of meditating. I've been meditating heavily. And uh, it's hard to get consistent at meditating, right? I tell you, go on Spotify. They have a guided meditation thing. If you, if you're not into, if you don't know how to do it, or if you want to go to a place, learn how to meditate, I do transcendental meditation. But what I've done recently, about a, a year ago, I came across planetary frequencies, right? And I started meditating to, I think it was like Jupiter's sound, the, 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 the sound of Jupiter. But the other day I was on, um, Instagram and this dude was talking about the frequency of the earth. So I went and pulled it up. It's 7.83 Hertz. H E R T Z. Hertz. Not Hertz like, get you know what I'm saying? Hertz. You know what I'm saying? So if you can pull up on YouTube the frequency of the actual planet and meditate to that frequency, just listening to it is an important thing. But if you meditate to it, very powerful. And 30 Birds is a book that everyone on the planet should read. If you have Audible, look up Conference of the Birds by Attar, A-T-T-A-R. He's one of the best storytellers ever, one of the best poets ever. Um, Conference of the Birds. And it's, it's an amazing story, right, about 30 birds that want to meet God and their journey. Crazy. Amazing. I read that story uh, almost 25 years ago for the first time, but I didn't realize it had so many layers. And the one on Audible is just ridiculously authentic. I'm getting chills right now. 30 birds, conference of the birds. All right. So when you meditate to the sound of the earth and you understand what the 30 birds found on their journey to see God, you'll understand that haiku. I'm up out of here. You know what I mean? Ever, ever, not just, really, I mean, the haiku's out. It's on to the next, ever on to the next. And we're talking about chess life and strategy. Look, man, everybody out here now, because everybody's seen uh, uh, Queen's Gambit. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's starting to go see Critical Thinking on Amazon. What? You haven't seen Critical Thinking on Amazon? Are you tripping? Is it crack that you smoke? Is it crack? Please go watch. Please go watch that. Critical thinking. But what's my point? Now everybody know about chess and life, right? 
Like, like HHCF ain't been out here since 2006, babe. You know what I mean? Google it. Adisa Hip Hop Chess Federation. You're going to see. I've been talking about this. I've been teaching about this, right? Bobby Bruce in the Bronx. It's a book you can get on Amazon or you can just go to hiphopchess.blogspot.com and download the PDF for free. I don't even take any information. You just get yours. But that's just the intro to Chess and Life Strategy. Let me tell you. Let me, hey, come here, bro. Can I lace you? I'm going to tell you something extra that's not in the book. Um, This is important. One of the things that's happened because everybody's quarantining and we're working from home and we're doing school from home. We're supposed to be working out from home and it gets monotonous, right? And we'd be like, man, this is weak, bro. You know what I'm saying? Listen, everything ain't everything all the time. Meaning... You know what I'm saying? Everything and everything that you want it to be all the time. If this is a time to study, then that's what it is. If this is the time to work, then do your work. If this is the time to work out, homie, this is 24-hour fitness, jazz or size, whatever. You got to do it. You know what I'm saying? CrossFit, you know what I'm saying? Uh, cheerleading, b-boying, you know what I'm saying? Jiu-jitsu and you figure it out. But here's the point. In chess, sometimes you can get satisfied because you check somebody. And then you might check them again. And then you might check them again. But if you don't checkmate him, the game is not over. Until the king is finished, he is not finished. Check is never enough. Finish what you start. I'm going to give you an example. So I applied to Oxford University um, uh, about six months ago for this program they had, and I got rejected. Um it bothered me, but I had to, I had to look up, you know what I'm saying? Uh, if chess teaches you anything, it's you're going to lose and you'll need to come back. Um, same with jujitsu, right? Same with hip hop. If you think you're fixing to battle somebody. So I wrote some better pieces, came up with a better idea. I got some help from some amazing, um, professors, uh, Dr. David Timoney, shout out, uh, Delaware Valley University and shout out to Dr. Jeffrey Ogbar, you know what I'm saying, over at UConn. And they helped me put together my second, um, application. And I put a lot of stuff together, but it was not done. Right. And I started kind of getting self-satisfied, but really I was afraid to apply. There was a small corner of my heart that was like, man, the first time, you know, I didn't really have enough time to prepare the way I was hoping to, but this time I did. And the prospect of getting rejected was really messing with my brain. And so finally, I literally got down to the last day that I could turn it in. And I sat down like two days before, actually, I started combing through it. I went back and forth with Dr. Ogbar, went back and forth with, with, with Dr. Timoney. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I got my letters of recommendation from some other folks. Shout out to y'all, y'all the real MVPs. And I was able to submit it. Terrifying. The scariest day of my recent life was hitting submit on that thing where it goes, you have now submitted to Oxford University. Thank you. Um, horribly terrifying. But what's the point? The point is, my friend, you can't, you really can't get self-satisfied because you recorded most of your record or you wrote most of your book or you finished most of your homework or you cleaned most of your bedroom, right? You did most of the business plan. Finish it. Check is not enough. Check mate. That's what we play for. Check mate. Finish what you start, not for any other reason, but because you know that you can and you know that you should. All right. 
Now, um, I'm always giving good advice. Here's my latest uh, advice. This is some financial advice. True story. There's a place called Bill Genius. One of the things that's ruining people's credit is they have leftover bills that start messing up their credit score and then they can't get what they need. Right. They can't do what they want to do. I want to get that car. I want to apply for that house. I want to. You can't do it because your credit's jacked up. And a lot of times these little bills. So check it out. What Bill Genius does is they have a group of people that call the people you have bills to and they negotiate it down. It's a free service. When I tell you that it's free, it's actually free. You don't pay anything. You sign up and then they start trying to lower your bills. Now, if they get money from that, they take a small portion of what they got because they got you money, but you don't pay them anything. You don't pay anything. One of my homies had a, had a cable bill, $450 saved him. $450. Who don't need that kind of money right now? Who don't need that kind of money right now? Right? So what you can do is hit up igoboom.com. I-G-O-B-U-U-M.com. I-G-O, I go, boom, B-U-U-M.com, right? They got a group code, 47331. Nope, 473-331. There you go. The group code is 473-331, all right? You can sign up. It's a free thing, and you'll save money, and you need to save money. I need to save money. I got bills. I'm having them handled right now. I'm not lying. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm trying to get my credit right. I'm trying to get my money right. And it's a free service. How can you not want that? Who doesn't need to pay a little less on a bill? Even if it's 10 bucks, even if it's five bucks, let alone 20, 30 or whatever, right? Or to get it go away? Come on, come on, come on. So healthy tip of the week right now is simply this. This is gonna sound corny, but I'm serious. One of the main things you need to do this year, and I think I mentioned this before, but I'm super serious, is you stay out of the hospital and you stay out of the doctor's office by any means necessary. That means if you're working out at home, don't be trying to overdo it. All right, brother, I'm going to pick it up one more. Ah, oh, my neck and my back. Stay out of the hospital, right? Um, if you plan hoops, by yourself. Don't be trying to overdo it. I'm like Tomahawk from the top of the key. Oh, my ankle. Right? No, stay out. And one of the things you also got to really do to stay out is take care of your teeth. You've got to take care of your teeth. All right. Because you're at home, make sure that you brush after every meal for real. Most people, you know, how there was always that weird guy at work who brought a toothbrush to work. He was actually smart. She was actually smart. They were actually smart. Got to take care of your teeth. Get your floss on, right? Experiment with different toothpaste. See what works for you and your gums and all of that, right? Get your little floss popping, right? And, and I'm going to give you a really dope um, thing that you can do. It's called oil pulling. You take like specifically like coconut oil, ideally, put like half a teaspoon in your mouth and you swish it around for like 15 minutes. feels weird the first time you do it. Like you got a loogie stuck in it, but you got to swish it around. Then you spit it out into the toilet and rinse your mouth out three times with water. Look it up. 
It's called oil pulling. It helps remove bacteria from your teeth. That's going to help you not get cavities. You don't want cavities. You don't want any gum disease. You don't want to have to go to the dentist if you don't want to go. Stay out of the hospital. It's so crucial. It is so crucial that you stay out of the hospital. All right. Um, and so that's what it is. You can ask Giz, hey, who, who said that line? That's what it is. You can ask Giz. You don't listen to old school hip hop, man. Get out of here, bud. And so on my final shouts out, man, I just want to um, thank you. I want to thank you, the listener. You know what I'm saying? The person who shared this with their homie. I want to thank the person who, you know what I'm saying? I, I get like such, you know, uh, sometimes people send me a message and be like, yo, I got the book that you said to get. And it's so cool. I'm like, oh, man, that's great. Yo, I, I went to Audible and I got, man. And I don't get paid for none of that. I probably should figure out how to monetize that. You know what I'm saying? But I don't because it's just important to me that you're happier, that you're healthier, that you're doing whatever you want to do with your life with a higher sense of joy. That's my payoff, player. For real. For real. You better believe I don't get paid to do none of this. Me and Mike, you know what I'm talking about? Labor of love. That's what this is. Huh? Black and Asian unity. Bishop Chronicles. How about that? Um, so you know what I'm going to tell you right now, don't you? You do. Defend your smile. All right. Smiles are the fingerprints of the souls. No two people smile alike. Even identical twins do not smile the same. Look at their pictures. Look at their pictures. Everybody smiles different. All right. So no matter what goes on in the world, you have to make sure that you protect a portion of your of your spiritual heart, a portion of your mind that nobody can get to. Don't let nobody ruin your day. Don't let nobody make you cry. Don't let nobody upset you that heavily that you can't smile. You preserve your smile. You know what I'm saying? If you see a hater, you got to let them know. Just tell them. Understand. If my joy brings you pain, then you're going to need some Novocaine. You heard me? Uh, remember to win the day standing on love and logic. Right? So you come in with compassion, but you think for yourself. Right? Now. Enjoy your week and go be great. You are about to see an amazing, fun interview that I just did with the multi-talented, super gifted, super wise, and super kind John Leguizamo. I was trying to get this interview for like six or eight months. I finally got it by the blessing and the grace of Carla Berkowitz, who is the executive producer, and she's in this interview as well. And we have a great conversation about uh, what it means to be a woman in Hollywood, what it means to be Latino in Hollywood, what it meant to do the movie Critical Thinking, which everybody should go see. It's such a great film. It's such a great film. I know everybody's talking about The Queen's Gambit, and it should be talked about. But Critical Thinking, man, is a powerful chess film that more people need to see, okay? Everybody needs to see it. If you like Queen's Gambit, you're going to love critical thinking. You need to get on. So this is me and John Leguizamo talking so much about hip hop, about chess, about how he ended up, you know, this is a directorial debut, right? About certain methods around acting. You know what I'm saying? Carla's breaking down stuff about how they made the film, certain uh, obstacles that she had to overcome being a woman. And it is a beautiful conversation. I want you to check this out. I want you to soak this in. I want you to understand that for Black History Month, a big part of what I'm pushing is 
black and Asian unity, black and brown unity, and trying to help people understand and remember those kinds of connections because they're important. You know what I'm saying? This is America. We have a great opportunity here in this country that nobody else has. And that's to actually talk to one another, spend time with one another and learn from one another in ways that in other parts of the world, it's just not possible. Not even just because the government is bad or whatever, they don't have access to these people. We have access to each other. We can be, should be, better be enriching each other with our own knowledge of self and and gaining knowledge of the other. So I'm done. Bishop Chronicles, Critical Thinking, John Leguizamo, Carla Berkowitz, West Side for what? Life. See ya. All right, peace to the planet Earth. You know what it is, man. A decent a bishop boy, West Side all day. Listen, I am so juiced. Y'all don't even understand, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, you know, DC be talking about hip hop and chess. Oh, yeah, DC be talking about black and brown unity. And what do I do? What do I, how does God bless me in this moment? Puts me, puts you in the show with John Leguizamo, man. Welcome to Bishop Chronicles, man. How are you? Oh, thank you for having me, man. I, I feel so honored to be uh, asked to be on, on your podcast and, <laughs> Dude, and, and so glad crazy. that we're both in London. So, you know, you know we're on the same on, man. DMT schedule. Greenwich <laughs> meantime. That's right. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I mean, look, you know, I am so juiced to have you on the show because of critical thinking, but it's so much bigger than that. Because if you rewind the clock back to the early 90s, when I first started covering hip hop, you know, um, and, you know, my family, you know, is from the South, but originally from the Mission District. And so, you know, I work at John O'Connell High School for hell of years, you know what I'm saying? Um, shout out to G and, and, you know what I'm saying, Leo, everybody over at John O'Connell, like, the Bay loves you, man. Like, do you know that the oh, Bay Area love the Bay. really God. loves you? Oh my God. Do you know that? I, I know I didn't know that, but but I I mean I, I perform there a lot and I yeah. have such a great time when I go to the Bay Area. It's just a great crowd. They helped me create Freak when I was doing Freak back in the day, yeah. back in the late nineties. The Bay supported me and gave me the courage to to keep thinking that I had some good material that the world wanted to see. Man, that was the first time I think I was cognizant of you. You know what I'm saying? And I fell in love with everything about the way you did your stand-up. It was so human and it was so mission. I'm telling you, for I mean, like I was like, he's not from the mission. You know what I'm saying? Like for real. <laughs> you, know, like, I know. you really, you really struck I know, me. I, know. Like I get that, that feel a lot too. Like I meet West Coast folk and I go, are they from Brooklyn? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> are they transplants from, exactly. from Queens? Yeah. Are they from the Brock BX? Because there's such the Man. flavor sometimes is so similar. You're like, it's, I know yeah. that flavor. I, yeah. It can't be West Coast. Yeah. No, no, no. It's true. It's true. It's true. So tell me, I'm in London. I'm, I'm working on a book, getting ready to try to knock some journalism stuff out. What are you doing out here, man? Uh, uh, I'm, oh, uh, I mean, COVID. You think Corona, you're like, oh, this is like uh, time for me to really, you know, lock down and, and just re relax and, and think about, be grateful about shit. All of a sudden, I got more work than I ever, because now you're accessible. Everybody knows you're not working. Right. <laughs> knows you're, I know you're you at home. home. Pick up. Pick up. <laughs> don't pick pretend. up, Leguizamo. Yeah, don't pretend like you <laughs> we know you here, bro. We know yeah, you here. We know you're in your hotel room quarantining. So you can do this podcast. You can do this interview. You That's can do right. this, this this pitch. You can read this, this script, bro. You, can, you can't read the script? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Liar. Uh, we know you're alone. <laughs> um, so I'm doing uh, an Amazon TV series, uh, beautiful sci-fi 
powerful thing. Right. I'm not allowed right. to say too much about it, but nah, yeah, yeah, keep it, it low, it's man. A great I story. I don't want you breaking yeah. no non-disclosure agreements. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then I just did a in my hotel room. Yeah, they built a set, and I did uh waiting for Godot. The first time it was allowed to be filmed with Ethan Hawke, Tariq, oh. Black Thought from the Roots. What? Yeah. What? We all did it. There's people were in Israel, L.A., New York, London. We coordinated schedules. We Zoomed the whole That place. is bonkers. It was bonkers. I, I'm recovering. I rapped last night at 4 a.m. And, uh, you know. So double I'm, thank I'm you for doing the show then right now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm a little, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm giddy. <laughs> it's all I good. me anyway. <laughs> well, yo, man, I want to say, um, you know, of course, you know, I thought you was from the mission, but of course you're from New York and, you know, New York um, hip hop basically transformed the way the planet saw young mm. people and in, 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 in urban music and black and brown unity and, and all this stuff. You know, I was just curious, like when you think about hip hop, your experience as a fan and as, and as, a, and as mm. just an observer, like what are some of your first or best memories? Maybe being at shows, maybe, you know, it could be tagging with your homeboys. It could be somebody at a, at a, at, yeah. in their room DJing. Like what, what are some of the things that you remember? Well, you know, the whole hip hop culture was uh, a, a black and Latin thing, you know, yeah. so many Latin contributors to hip hop culture that don't get yeah. any credit like crazy legs for inventing the, the, <laughs> the floor work all that floor work was his creation uh uh, uh the uh, fab fab five freddy that was um there was a latin dude that was part of the hip-hop crew uh yeah, yeah. and then the photographer i can't remember the latin guy's name puerto rican brother joe conzo man. filmed the whole joe, documented joe, the whole hip-hop movement joe conzo man yeah, so, yeah, yeah, he was one of the main important. ones. In fact, man, they just yeah. did a story on him. Somehow he ended up getting evicted out of his spot, like, oh. recently. It's oh, yeah, unbelievable. And it has is... to do with, like, landlord laws and stuff like that. It's really crazy. You know, he's like Corona's going to have a lot of man. tragedies, man. Oh. We should have froze rents. We should have forgiven mortgages. I mean, that that's the first thing you do, but, you know. You know what I'm saying? We had a it's different America. president, and now we have a different president. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Now we have a president who cares about every 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 man, every woman, you know? You know what I'm saying? The everyday trying to, people. Trying to, trying to make make stuff work, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But but my hip-hop, um, one of the, I mean, it was a highlight of my life. I, I, I can't remember where the club was, but it was on Madison Avenue in the mid-30s in New York City, mid-30 streets. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I go to this hip-hop uh, debut album, and... Biz Marquis comes in, KRS One, <laughs> oh, oh, uh, Tretch, Naughty by Nature. Oh my uh, God. Queen Latifah. Cause you know, it was all New York yeah. for the most part. And they were all there, man. And I was just like, whoa. I was coming up there like, man, I'm a big fan of Girl, Girl, get out. You got what I need. Come on. And you say he's just a friend. Come on. And then, and then, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yo, that is bonkers, man. So, Thank you for sharing that, by the way. You know what I mean? Because one of the things that I try to capture when I'm doing these podcasts isn't so much like anything about hip hop other than the experience of the fan, because that's what makes the culture and everything moves forward. You know, your favorite shows, you know, what I'm saying getting up with your homeboy tagging, you know, what I'm saying whatever those yeah. are, those 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 things are really beautiful, man. Oh, my God. I was a terrible tagger. I was so bad. You know, my, my best friend who I, I still am a terrible together. tagger. 
You too? <laughs> Crash. I mean, Crash <laughs> is one of the huge innovators. His name is Juan Matos, yeah. but, but his tag yeah. name is Crash. You know, he was one of the, he turned it into an art form. Yeah. And he's in museums and whatnot. But he would have, he had photo albums, sketches, and I would have my big ass Sharpie back in the day, the super stanky one that almost made you pass out. When the you Magnum 44. Do you remember the Magnum 44? <laughs> it had the head. The thing was like that. Yeah, yeah, that massive. <laughs> and the, the stank that came out, you were like, it was like, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You were exactly. Huffing, didn't even know you were huffing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, hold on one second. We've got Carla Berkowitz checking in. Hey, hey. guys. Hey, what's up? Hey, Carla. How are hey, you? It's been a while. Oh, my God. been forever. I know. Well, my... Okay. There you are. How are you? How are you? How are you? What's up with the Netflix? John. Oh, you mean uh, yeah, yeah. We just they just released. Uh, yeah. We found out the other day that Netflix Canada released it, but not not USA, just Netflix Canada. Just, just Canada. Not yet. Thinking. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> That's right. You heard it from Carly here first. Not yet. Anyway, are you in your closet? Okay, I do that on purpose so you, I can be asked that question every time, so I perfect my answer. No. <laughs> It's actually my, it's actually a, 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 an office, but it's really a dressing room. It's a huge room I took over from my closet. I have your face right behind me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just a big, a big office slash dressing room, so. Oh, right gotcha, here. gotcha. Or a shoe museum. Or I do love my shoes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Adisa, what's up? Hey, chilling, chilling. How are you living? How are you living? Good. Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. Oh, I just turned fifty-one yesterday. Yeah, I turned fifty-one yesterday. Um, no, I, get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifty-one. No. Fifty-one, man. You know what I'm no, saying? No, get out, man. You're fifty-one. <laughs> I swear, 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 double swear. Oh, God. You know. Um, so hold on a second here. So, what I wanted to ask you was, Carla Berkowitz, how did you? meet John and John, when did you decide like this was going to be a movie? You know what I'm saying? That, 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 that you wanted to do. Go ahead, Carla. Me? Uh, well, yeah. uh, I had been already working on the movie Adisa for like, uh, I would, I'm going to say 17 years at that point, which actually sounds longer than 20. I'm, I'm not sure why, but it, it just does. <laughs> anyway, after about 17 years, John came into the picture and I'll let him explain. And after that happened, uh, things pretty much went, you know, rapid fast and everything yeah. gelled together. And we, we, um, we produced what we produced. So I'll, t I'll, let John, I'll, I'll let John say how he got involved but it was yeah. pretty remarkable. Yeah. After yeah, that. I mean, it, it's amazing. I mean, when Carla brought the, the story to me about these five Latin and black kids from the toughest town in Miami, Overtown, who became United States national chess champions of 1998. And then the teacher, Mary Martinez, who coached them, right. went on to win five more championships with, with same like-minded kids from the same neighborhoods. That's beautiful, man. So it's incredible that, you know, you, we have all these gifted genius talents in our, in our, in our neighborhoods who aren't getting the nurturing and the love that they deserve. So when she brought this, it was like, 
this is a story I've been wanting to tell. This is the stories that I grew up with. This is my story in, in so many yeah. ways. No, no, no. And I, I, I had to do it. I had to do it. I had to do it. And I'm so glad that you championed it for so much, so long. I mean, I know the crazy battle that Carla had to fight in, in the Hollywood system because they say they're for us, but you know, they never do our stories, no matter what. Yeah, man. And when they, they do, they always it. manip us. At, you know what I mean? They undercut <laughs> something or, you know, I mean, it was such a really powerful, you know, film and, you know, Miami, like New York, you know, for me, you know, reminds me of the Bay, reminds me of the missing district, mm -hmm. a lot of the black and Latino, you know, overlapping culturally and, 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 and the communal love, you know, um, I remember uh, the one scene when you were, when you were, when you were, you had went to, I think the first tournament and you were explaining to the student how, you know, how your son had died and, you oh, know what I'm saying? And that one scene, man, you almost had me crying up in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you've, you've, I mean, again, I'm not new to your work, but like, you're always really good at like capturing, uh, characters capturing the essence of, of of emotions and things like that and i wanted to ask you like when you're doing a film you know you have to become this other person mm -hmm. how much of yourself maybe in that scene in particular but in acting in general do you bring into those moments and then when you finish a film how long does it take to find yourself or do you always know i uh, know you, you you don't always know the overlap and 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 Sometimes the, the, the character you're creating takes over and then you don't understand why you're, you know, throwing tantrums or mm -hmm. why, or why you're depressed or, or why you're so giddy. You're, you're like, you know, my, it, my family's put up with a lot. But I, I think the beauty of, of real acting is not pretending. It, mm -hmm. Acting is not lying. Act, you have to become the character by using yourself to right. meet the character. I, I'm not a big fan of actors who, who create a character, but they're not in it. And I feel like they're not really mm. in it. I'm not seeing them. I want to see some of them. I want to see your soul. Right. Like, you want to like see that writing. absorption. I want to see that right. writer's soul. But right. if you're hiding, it doesn't move me as much. You know, I mean, right. I, I like the skill, but I, I, I want to see the whole the whole artist, the skill right. and the artist at the same time. That's And that's what I try to, that's what I aim for. And so, Carla, when you um approach john and he says yes okay i'm down um how what actually my first question is john of all the i mean because i can imagine people throw scripts at you all the time every year of your life you're turning around you're going down the street you're having sushi someone's trying to bring a script <laughs> a script a script to you right like out of all the scripts that you get dogpiled with as just a part of your regular life what made this one s speak to you Obviously the subject matter, right? But, but yeah. you know, yeah, I get a lot of subject matter that is near and dear to me, just not, mm -hmm. you know, as well executed. And, and you know, quality. this had Dita Montiel, Dita Montiel, who, who's half Latin, half white, uh, wrote this great script, who wrote uh, Recognizing Your Saints. And he writes incredible dialogue, man. He's a mm -hmm. masterful dialogue creator. I mean, and mm -hmm. he captures this community, he understands it, and he loves it. So when I read this, I was like, oh, my God, this sounds so authentic, so real. And that that's what I, I think elevated the whole project as well. Besides the, the you know, the winning. I mean, this incredible. Right. Inspiring no. story of, of what can be done if kids are given the right supplies, given the right funding, 
given the, the right love. kind of nurturing. Yep. Right. Um, Carla, when you, when you, you know, finally go, okay, this, this thing is happening. Um, and now, you know, John, you're going to, you're going to be the director. What does that actually mean to people outside the, the film world? What does it mean to, a, to be an executive producer, Carla? And what does it mean to direct and how, what was this like for your directorial debut? Carla, we'll start with you. Well, I want to just piggyback on what John said when you asked him, why this, did he choose this? Mm. You know, I'm not in his head. So I was at one point. <laughs> or in his ear. Still are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I feel, I feel like, uh, yeah, I always wonder like why it took so long, why it took so long, why it took so long. And uh, I think it's because this was written for John. Mm. I re- In my heart, I feel that, and it was so timely, timed properly, excuse me, for him because he had just finished Latin history for morons, which- Right, you know, right, right. Look true, at that, that's just like the finger roll, right? And coming out of that, <laughs> right? Like, and, and you? That came this, yeah. No, but he still <laughs> had, exactly. He's the last thing new do, new No, but I feel like, I, I feel like he was, he, he had been a teacher, you know, for so many years on stage. And I feel right. that he wanted to maybe immortalize it more. This is just my thing on a, like even a, a bigger scale with like- You're not more. wrong, Carla, you're not wrong. You're on it, you're on it. Oh yeah. my God. And then I felt that that it just was the time and place and and his show had just finished on Broadway. Mm-hmm. He went on, on the road after- So magnificent, by the way, so magnificent, you know. Oh, thank it's you, a, thank you great. both, thank you both. I, I, I went up three times to New York to see it. Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, that, so, that, so that's what I feel. And executive producer, I don't really, there are so many definitions. It depends on the executive producer if it's just like a name only. You know, right, right, right. Or not. But I feel like uh, I, me particularly, it's, I think it's the ability to see like the entire thing before it actually takes place and mm. figure out a way, whether you know how or not to, to get it to that exact place. And if right. that's around first or knowing what's around the corner before you go around the corner or knowing what's you know going to happen before it happens. I don't know if that's for any other executive producer, but for me, that helped me push the project along um, balancing a lot of uh, creative people and not not try, not like trying to make sure and, and trying to make sure everybody's creativity went through John apart from his creativity so mm-hmm. that, it, you know, and I feel like I needed to, I, it was like a, a, a bigger, it was like the umbrella, I guess, and I had to just have a bigger vision of the end and how to make sure right. that everybody got what they needed, especially John. You know, what, what, what was really helpful about working with Carla was how humble she really is. I mean, she really does, you know, protect the artist and she does mm-hmm. really respect an artist's vision. And that, you know, that's really hard to find. And, and I'm really grateful that I got to work with Carla because sometimes, sometimes producers become a burden or they, or, or they overtake or they, or, mm-hmm. or they negate what you're doing and then you have mm-hmm. to battle with them. Not, not Carla, Carla <laughs> always lets the best idea win. And, and, and uh, she's really hey, humble. That's the and, best and way. And that's so rare. Yeah, that's so rare, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it was interesting, you, Carla. Yeah, for sure. I feel now, that's, that's really nice because you've worked mm, with so no, many. It's true. It's true. I, I mean, 
John, what was it like? Why did you choose this one to be your directorial debut? Like I think about, you know, again, so many scripts that get thrown at you and I'm so glad that you chose this to be your directorial debut because it's culturally, it's such an important film, you know? Um, what made you step into that role now and how did it feel? Did you learn anything? Did you, did you step away with, with, with an understanding of the filmmaking process? Maybe you really, you know, had observed, but now could, could, could have a greater sense of embodiment? I, I think what really, I mean, obviously, Dita Montiel's script, the dialogue was incredible and, the, and how he right. captured this. And I, and I love the team effort. So it wasn't, I wasn't really the star of it. It was really an ensemble. And I love that about it. That is true. Um, I love the way we all worked as a team. And, and secondly, the, the chess challenge, you know, the chess challenge. I knew chess is like one of the hardest things to film because how do you capture that mental process? Do I use special effects and try to mm -hmm. show the brand? And mm -hmm. it gets a little corny, uh, you know, and we, and we tried not, we try to be like authentic to the game and respect the game. And I tried to show what it takes to understand the strategies and how kids mm -hmm. come up with it and how teachers impart that knowledge. So all that was really thrilling and exciting to me. And, and knowing that, you know, Latin and black communities are intellectual, you know, like mm. to negate what the 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 status quo is, is says about us we we are intellectual <laughs> you know we 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 embrace those same patterns and the same um sort of aspirations and and that's what spoke to me about this and i did learn a lot about directing about myself i mean i was like i i've done over 100 films not all of them good, right. but right, right. but i learned a lot and uh all of a sudden i had this catalog of so much information from Baz Luhrmann, from Spike Lee, mm. from Ava DuBernay, from mm -hmm, Tony Scott, mm -hmm, from Ridley mm -hmm, Scott, from mm -hmm. Brian De Palma, from uh, so many greats, Brad Furman, and and I just so many greats. And I and I had this catalog of solutions, right? DIY, you know. Right. It's, so it's like you had it's like you had the recipe plus you had your own spice to add in. You feel me? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I had all these goddamn great. recipes. That is And I was great. like, what a wealth of information. I could just go do, 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 and boom. Yeah. I, I want to add to John again, cause he does, he's so humble, but like he, his choice of his casting, you know, casting choices, as well as for example, our, our DP, our cinematographer, mm -hmm. Zach Zamboni. I mean, John could have picked anybody, but at that point, he, he you know, I had mentioned, I think, Adisa, that he was Anthony Bourdain's cinematographer his mm -hmm. entire career. Yeah, his when entire that, life. Yep. Right. When that happened, he obviously was available and John got right. him. Wow. And when I first met him, I said, look, if you can make a noodle bowl, a bowl of noodles <laughs> look as incredible. And when people turn off the volume, they don't even care. Right. They just want to see the pictures. I know what you can do with a chess set. And for sure. I think that the film has a lot of amazing qualities, uh, morally, spiritually, but also materially is how mm -hmm. it was shot. Yeah, technically, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's just um, a little bit of a docu you know, style, but not. Yeah, yep. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And I feel like the, you know, if you look at it again, you know, and the close-ups and I feel that uh, it, it it lended to to the vision that John had to make it edgy and sports and you know not just another in, in intellectual movie yeah no 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 that's that's very powerful you know that's that's very powerful what what Carla is your favorite scene 
in uh in in the in the movie and then and then John what is yours it may not be the most informative scene but to me it's my favorite scene and I believe it's most people's there's two there's two scenes one is my favorite scene is the blind chest the blindfold chest <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah because I feel that uh it it just shows even more um mm-hmm. how the inner cities have such brilliance that we have not managed yeah. to illuminate mm-hmm. properly. Agreed. Properly or at all, actually. Like right. that world where the Northeast, right. yeah, the Northeast private schools are the only ones that play chess is over. Like it's been over right. for 20 years, 30 years, and it's enough, right. enough already. It's like somebody had to illuminate that. And I believe that the way that John you know, directed um, their ach- their brain achievements, their mental achievements, and created mm-hmm. such a light on them. I think that we pretty much changed a lot of people's worlds. I get contacted all the time saying, that's not me, but it could have been me. Um, right. I live in Chicago, or I live in right. Nigeria, or I live... Right. So that's my favorite scene. But the scene about painting us out, mm. where Angel... So real. Yeah. Mm. So I, it's interesting. Yes, this this morning actually, I received. The, actually, not I received. It's on Instagram on our on our page, and it said this girl said, "We don't need to wait." It's actually on Twitter. You can find it. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to wait to be painted. We can paint our own scenes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And she said a bunch of things, and I think that that's also a pretty powerful scene. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like um, Black History Month shouldn't be a month every day. Right, every month you know what I mean? Black Come History. on, yeah, yeah, for to sure. To be Latin right. History, not Latin History Month, but every day, every yeah, month, straight every up. Year. Yeah, yeah. We just so, what was month. your what, what was your favorite scene from from uh, the film? Well, honestly, my favorite scene was the most challenging, the most difficult scene, which was teaching the kids the strategies. You know, mm-hmm. the complication of that scene and the way these these fine young actors. You know, we were able to improvise and keep the energy and keep the tempo and yeah and 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 and, and it just was such a beautiful interplay. You know, it was like uh you know, like a dream team situation. Everybody, everybody like moving up the court, <laughs> passing yeah. the ball, and then yeah. finally somebody scores. And and that's how I felt, you know, and, and I was like wanted to challenge the audience in in you know, remembering moves, following yeah. moves. Th- pushing their patience and 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 that so that was very exciting for me no that was awesome for me because you know I've, I've taught chess uh in juvenile hall to oh, and, and and in the and then and then you know in the mission district for, for so for long you know saying um for me what what was my favorite scene was actually the opera house massacre scene because that is actually the game that i use to show kids how amazing chess is and i was so that's what to I'm watch that about. scene. I love that. Scene. Yeah, no. About the same scene. <laughs> I love that scene so much. The yeah. Opera House Massacre. It is yeah. everything. I think that um, wow. For American chess players in general, chess players period, but American chess players specifically, I'm always able to get so much emotion out of young people with that with that scene. You know, it's it's very powerful. It's very powerful. yeah, yeah. That that's why I picked it. It was. I had, I had to do a lot of a lot of mad research because I play a little chess, but not like that. Right. So I had to do a lot of a lot of YouTube, a lot of reading and, and just try mm-hmm. to find the best sequences that I could show, you know, what how, how chess is imparted onto other people. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, it's 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 really an amazing thing. And I think it's an it's an amazing time. I feel like in the last, you know, 15, 20 years, we've seen a huge resurgence of the value of chess in yeah. black and brown communities, mm-hmm. you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with hip hop, you know, obviously groups like the Wu-Tang Clan and stuff like that, yeah. you know. Um, I know, like, for instance, like I did a lot of teaching in San Jose. And one of the things that I did is is I talked about Capablanca a lot. You know what I mean? Because you have to show people themselves in yep. the history of what they're doing. Right. And so, you know, I always tell my students, I go, look, if you like chess, I guarantee you there's someone from your country that's dope at it. Look it up. There's somebody, yeah. you know, whether, whether you're Cuban Find or your you're from in your Thailand, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like they're out there that you just haven't been told. And that's a whole, you know, there's a reason for that in itself, you know, but you know, this movie, I think right now, like there's never a bad time for a movie like this, but right now is the best time for a movie like yeah. this, you know? And so, even though the know, SAG awards did not nominate any Latin product, any Latin talent, <sighs> And obviously it's not yeah. SAG, SAG uh, fault alone. It's a pipeline problem that starts in the studios who are not green lighting Latin talent. And I know they're getting millions of scripts. No even doubt. if they didn't get millions of scripts. I mean, if you can take Latin stories and make them white like Argo with Ben Affleck or Carlito's Way with Pacino or Scarface with Pacino or right. House of Spirits of Meryl Streep, if you can take our stories and put white people, why can't you take white scripts yeah. if you don't think that we have the scripts and put land people. It's the, the problem is fixable. It just needs to be addressed now. Which, which really brings me to my next point for both of you, John, I'll ask you first, you know, like when I, you know, I remember when, when George Lopez did one of his first shows in, 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 in the Bay area, it was at rooster tea feathers. And I went and he did a great show and I bought his alien nation CD from him. You know what I'm saying? After the show. Yeah. And at the time when he was on stage, uh, he was like, because Living Color was out. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm talking to Fox right now about my own show. You know, it's going to be on the same with Living Color. And everybody was like, yeah. And that show never happened. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't, I mean, you know, obviously I never bumped into him again or whatever, but I'm saying like, if, so many years later, the George Lopez show actually happens, right? And I remember when the George Lopez show came out, I was like, dang, this dude's been trying to get a show forever because I remember what he was saying. He was about to be on Fox. And it made me think about you. And I was just like, yo, like, you know, what a roller coaster it must have been for you to be a Latino actor in that time. Like, can you talk about the trials and tribulations of what it means to try to be a Latino actor at, at you know, through the course of. Yeah. Of, I mean, it, it, we, we call it Hollywood because they, they won't, mm. you know, I mean, you have to fight your way in there. There's no way that, that it's coming to you. Right. And, you know, look at, look at SNL. Oof. I mean, a, a city that's almost 50% Latin and you can't find one funny motherfucking Latin person to put on your show in 30 years you've been on the air. It's it's reprehensible. It's, it's ridiculous. You, you know, like, they have you only laugh to keep from crying because you're like, yeah. how is this happening? Crying. Like, you, 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 I mean, you go you go on Instagram. There's crazy amounts of funny amateur so people. Many. There's got to be people who are just a, a level above, but it's just a lack of appreciation Effort. and trying. So yeah, I mean, the, the, luck, luckily for me, I grew up with a lot of rejection, and. So I, I didn't care, man. So it so made you weren't me, disheartened made me by create the rejection. my own stuff. 
yeah, yeah. made me create and write my own stuff. And that's why I went to the theater because the theater is not relying on gatekeepers, on somebody's opinion mm. or somebody's taste. Because what we Latin people succeed is where there are metrics, where there are measurables, like in sports and baseball, we crush it. And mm. in, in, in music, mm-hmm. we destroy. Jay mm-hmm. Baum is number one rap artist or yeah. reggaeton artist in the world on Spotify. And, right. and Cardi B, our Dominican sister, and hey. Mia Cabello, Maluba, Jay Balvin. I mean, uh, I mean, J-Lo, uh, I mean, right. the, Shakira, they're, they're all. Yeah. But, you know, and, and in politics, AOC yeah. and Xavier Bracera, because the votes, you can count those and you can't deny mm-hmm. that. But wait, when you have to rely on somebody's opinion and taste, that's that's where. We get crushed, and I've had to deal with that my whole life. Sort of, and, uh, yeah. I didn't have the metrics, right, to, to understand what was going on. And you know, there was a lot of Hollywood wisdom going to me every time I handed a script. You know, Latin people don't want to see Latin people. Latin mm. people don't want to see feel-good movies. That's what they said about mm. critical thinking when I went to the studios, right? Uh, and you're like, what? Yeah, because they don't want to feel good. They just want to see themselves shoot each other. More <laughs> yeah, they just want to see You know what I'm saying? Movies. We need cocaine and more guns. <laughs> <laughs> we need anti-inspiration movies. We want to see movies right. about our, our own destruction. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. So bizarre. Anyway, that that's and then you know sometimes you start internalizing that and and it, and it, and it confuses your own self barometer of, of of validity and you're like I don't know. Right. Maybe I'm not creating good enough material. Maybe I'm not. And then you go to the theater and you see Lin Manuel. He would have never got that done if he went to a streamer Yo. network or Hollywood system. Uh, I, they would have been like, wait a minute. Um, yeah. So all of a sudden, right. By a Puerto Rican. Yeah. And, and um, Burr by a black. Man? You know what's crazy? <laughs> to your they did point. did not speak rap. I can guarantee you. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I'm saying? It would have never got done. Yeah. No. It, way, you're right. You have the freedom because all you need to do is raise the money. Mm-hmm. That hey, that's a great tip for young aspiring black and Latino actors. Like straight up, like that's huge. Like theater is probably the best way out. And it's funny yep. that you mentioned Lin Manuel because yesterday I was watching The Sopranos and who played a bellhop in The Sopranos? Lin Manuel. <laughs> like he's walking. Like he's literally in front of the hotel and and Tony Soprano's like, hey. Uh, you guys got steaks in there? And he's like, no, I don't think so. But I was like, oh my God, is that Lin-Manuel? And my lady's like, that's Lin-Manuel. We're like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Then it was such a reminder that, you know, you can look at Lin-Manuel and be like, he was all the way, he just walked in the game, killed yeah, yeah. it. Everybody loves him. Now he's sitting on a billion dollars, can't even count all the money. But it's like, dude, he was a bellhop on the Sopranos. He was trying. For he like trying, two you seconds, know? you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, crazy. So, so I'm doing Carla. a I'm doing a Disney musical with him right now. What? Yeah. Ooh. And and Canto it takes place in uh, Colombia. Ooh. I'm hyped. When is that coming it, out? Please tell me. No, we just we just started recording, so it's gonna take. What? It's gonna be years. a minute, huh? It's gonna be yeah, a minute. Yeah, Yo, a little that bit is more exciting. than a minute. Yeah. That is exciting. And so, Carla, for you, how did you on the very similar question? How did you endure all these years of rejection? And say, no, I'm going to make this happen because so much about what this movie represents to me, not the film itself, obviously, but you two individually and collectively, it's kind of like resilience, right? The impact of resilience. So, you know, when was the first time you pitched it and how many rejections did you take until you got it made, do you think? 
Uh, I too lived a life of rejection because I came here when I was nine and I didn't speak any English and I was beat up for a lot of years after school. So I think everybody now. And where'd you come from? Where'd you come from? Venezuela. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I, I thank all those bullies now because they gave me the air under my wings to withstand rejection and kind mm -hmm. of every time they would reject me, I would be like, I'm going to see you on, you know, you're going to see whatever. I mean, <laughs> right. It's going down. Right. I don't, like, I don't want to go there, but you know, to me, it was, I always had blinders on. If someone said no, it was almost like a, a fly in my eye and I would just keep going, you know, um, mm -hmm. maybe that's the executive producer thing I was talking about that I, I knew would always get done. I just didn't expect my Latina, uh, you know, um, heritage Plus, they were telling me, a Latin woman, that nobody wants to see Latin people on screen. Mm. Just what John said, I was told a mm -hmm. hundred times. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I didn't, you know, doesn't he just, you know, didn't say bye, just whatever. I just kept going. Right. But, um, I, I, can I just make a, sh do a little shout out to, Rez to, to Riza, please? Yeah, 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 for sure. You both were talking about uh, chess. Wu-Tang. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Wu Tang, and I just want to, you know, I just want to shout out to him because his Wu Chess organization and and Wu Tang in general, but Riza's, you know, I I feel that he, you know, took his own time and and patience and everything away from his creative endeavors to just make sure that mm. children in the, especially in New York public schools, who would have had no opportunity to learn chess. Yeah. Uh, have them learn, you know, chess. And so I just yeah. shout out because he was a big inspiration to me in particular, even before the movie was made a big yeah. inspiration. So thank you, Riza. No, 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 absolutely. Yeah, no, we were talking nice about, we, yeah, we were, we were talking about that when, when, when I interviewed him a few weeks back, you know, cause at that time, both of us were talking about critical thinking, but neither of us had seen it, but we were both juiced about it. You know what I mean? So, you know, um, and this is, I think, you know, between, you know, the black and Latinos in, in North America, like, like we, we get inspiration from each other a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like we do, we inspire each other a lot. And um, in so many ways, I mean, yeah. in the struggle culturally. Yeah. Look at Miguel, a black Man. chicken, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Exactly. Kid Cudi, half Dominican, yeah. half black. Yeah, you know, Cardi B, uh, half black, yeah, half yeah, Dominican. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Kendrick Lamar is Dominican. Isn't Kendrick Lamar Dominican? Isn't he Dominican? I think he's Dominican. Is he really? I think so. He might be, or at least his mom. What? Somebody is. I'm serious. Yeah. Um. And so you know, Big my... Daddy Kane was part Cuban. What? I had no Basquiat idea. is half Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I mean, like, yeah. We've got to to remind people of that. And that's why I'm so juiced about, you know, Latino history for morons. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like where, where else is that going? Are you doing another series? Is that a one-off? Like, help me understand because it's so beautiful. Well, yo, I got, I got some big news. I, I, I joined an organization a couple of years ago, uh, Latinos for uh, a Latinx museum. And we just passed through Congress and the Senate with approval. So we're allowed to raise funds and search for land to create, to, to find enough, a big enough uh, museum space to contain 500 years 
and more of our contributions to the world. And they're gonna have to give y'all half a Cali. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, half we, a we Cali. Think of a whole state, a big <laughs> state. So that's, that's really a lot, exciting, man. That it just passed. Congratulations. We just have to raise $350 million. It's no big. Man. Yeah, it's big. Man. <laughs> that's a lot of work. Yeah. That is so beautiful, though, right? Mm. And um, I think it's also interesting just to see the pivot of of endurance that Blacks and Latinos have had to you know, have been able to manifest under such duress, right? Yeah. You know, you start to see films like this. You start to see, you know, Hip Hop Chess Federation, Rizzo with Wu Chess. Like you start to see, you know what I mean? Like this this forward motion and manifestation where where so many people who have who have been invisible to the mainstream are now getting you know uh some room to yeah breathe yeah it's beautiful and, and, and share their history you know, you know um, i have to tell you adisa i feel mm -hmm. that i think john has had a big part of this whether or not i don't think he even realizes this whereas before maybe 10 years ago if you were an ethnic part of an ethnic group you try you you know you got your nose done you got your face right you didn't want to be part of an ethnic anything group. right right me being from me being latin i just i i never i just never thought it was use i, I never thought in a bad way that it could be any could be useful um mm. and, and not a useful like to use it but you know that like it was enriching enough for anybody but myself right, and now right. now i would say mainly because of john um people are now understanding that they are they are the custodians of their own treasure, mm. so to speak. And yeah. now they, they're not afraid to explore that and express that in everything they do, music from music all the way to, to film and back. So I feel like, you know, I must say that right now, I feel like I don't have another hero other than John to, to say that because I don't think anybody has put themselves out there politically and verbally and right. so, with social media and everything else about been so direct. to be proud and, you know, of this and use it. So. No, it's, 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 it's a tough Thank thing, you, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's real yeah. though. You know, like I, I saw one of your interviews about, about critical thinking, John, and you had mentioned the bell curve. And I remember Oh, you remember what that, that did book. to my self-esteem at oh, the time. Oh my God, it was horrible. For people that have forgotten Will you please remind people what the bell curve was, what it did? Because I think, you know, it wasn't until you said the bell curve that I think I started to understand why I'm so hyped about right now. You know, whether it's black right, studies, right. hip hop studies on college campuses, you know, the existence of, of critical thinking, you know, even just doing this podcast, right, to share and hope that there'll be <laughs> some kid in Miami, some kid mm. in Iowa, some kid, you know what I mean, in Seattle mm. who sees this and is like, okay, that's it, I'm going after X. Then you have to be chess or hip hop or acting or producing just that they know they can do it. Like right. talk about the bell curve for a minute and talk about like how that impacted you and maybe how you felt it may have impacted other people around you. Well, the, the horrors of that book was because it was on PBS. It was all over the news and the bell curve was, we didn't know at the time, uh, fake scientists with fake research that hadn't been approved but they were proving that Latin and black people were born genetically, intellectually inferior. So they could never achieve the same way as white people. And it was very methodically written. It looked factual and they were given all this time. So, you know, the whole world was looking at, Oh, wow, they yeah. can't, 
Yeah. And then you start looking at yourself. It's just oh, not in them, I huh? can't. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And you have to like look at yourself and go, whoa, what? I can't? Yeah. You know, you're being told you can't all the time. Anyhow. And it's genetic. It's biological. Yeah. So it's like, not in it. you. Don't even try. Right. And then other people are like, we can't even help them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no matter what we do, how much money we pour into them, it's just not, it's just throwing it away. It just, I mean, yeah. It's such a horrible, horrible book. Then they finally found that they were frauds. That mm -hmm. their research was fraudulent and and made up, but I mean, it did so much damage. And then the repair was not that instantaneous, as, right? As, and as, like we got to heal ourselves. It's weird, right? Because right? when you look and at undo like, the mess that they created, how much fake science has gone into undermining Black and Latino history, spirituality, cultural yeah. contributions, right? When you think about how much money they've invested in trying to make us believe what we haven't done, right. what we're not capable of, when in many times yeah. we're the pioneers of what they claim to be yeah. about, right? I mean, you and see so it right now, I mean, when, when, when Trump was demonizing Latin people and immigrants coming and shithole countries, mm -hmm. I mean, he was disseminating that same BS. That to, it was that whole To keep line. us out, to limit our, our funding. Yep. You know, Betsy DeVos put in there to destroy oh, our public schools, to fund the public schools by nine billion dollars. Mm -hmm. Now we have a Latin secretary of education for the first time ever you who, who will champion public schools because that's a beautiful people don't even know that that's a socialist program. Public school paid by Man. the government, the police Man. department paid by the government, the your your social security paid by the government. Yep. Right. It's not. Nobody's I mean, nobody question their social security. Even right. <laughs> yeah, we're not nobody saying become Venezuela or, or Russia. We're not saying that's not what we're saying. Yeah. And no, it's it's just true. take the best of every system and put and it in make the, in it American work. That's yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I, 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 absolutely. No, absolutely. And so in in closing, you know, I want to thank you both for being on Bishop Chronicles. I, I am, you know, I really got to say, you know, if you haven't seen Critical Thinking, you absolutely have to do it. You have to do it. And, Thank you, Adisa. And, and you, you have to make sure, um, especially if you have children, I'm talking about like nine, 10 years old up, especially make sure they see it. Make sure they see it. Make, un make sure that they understand that they have an opportunity you know, to express their intellectual capacity. Because I think that's so much of the value mm -hmm. of this film is that, you know, we we talking about when I say we blacks and Latinos, we 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 and women in general, we never yeah. get to show, we never get to to be seen um and appreciated for our intellectual capacity, you know, and that's a priceless thing, you know. So I just wanted to thank you guys for being on Bishop Chronicles for sharing. Thank you, Carla. Thank you, Adisa. Thank you, thank you Carla. Yeah, thank you, Carla, for all you did and My do. Yeah. Much love to all y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all it's all love. It's all love, you know. It's all love, baby. And so um let's um you know uh I, I hope to see you doing more. I can't wait to see what you're doing with, with uh Lynn Manuel and and I and I can't wait to see Carla what you bring in the future and 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 hopefully you guys do more stuff in the future. I'm 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 just really grateful for I you. I hope you get into Oxford for that fellowship. Yeah. Turning it in today, yeah. many black. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Right? Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, nah. Thank you, thank you. So, look, you know, uh, stay strong and blessed. And any any final words, Carla? Any final words, John? Well, I I just uh, 
every, everything that I want to say, you can just see it on the film. But it's, I just, I, I, I have to say that um, genius can come from the strangest of places, you know? And um, it just happens to come in, in this movie and in real life from the inner, inner cities. And it's time that people understand that who is actually in particular playing chess, who is actually playing chess. It, it, I mean, just, just, just even if you just want to reduce it to that, and where is all of this genius coming from? It's not just chess, but music. And, and look, look at the poet laureate, you know, mm. Amanda. And just, mm. oh, where is it coming so from? So once you understand that, and once you understand where it's coming from, or you think you found it, just on it because it doesn't make you any less or you know, of a person if you you know rise raise other people up. And it was my mission in my heart for those 20 years to make sure that that light was illuminating those inner cities, whether it's Miami, Detroit, or anywhere else. And I feel like we did that. Yeah, no, absolutely. You did. You did. John, final thoughts. Uh, I I think, you know, everybody, Latin, black, white, Asian, uh, just, just help, you know, give out, reach out to somebody, reach out to some kid, reach out. You know, bring somebody into, you know, your community, make an effort, you know, reach out, put put your hand out and give, and yeah. give somebody a boost. Yeah, no, no, no. That's beautiful. Well, thank you both for being on Bishop Chronicles. Thank you um, for having us on Bishop it'll, it'll Chronicles. Drop, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll drop in like a week. And it's perfect because, you know, it's, 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 it's Black History Month. But what I'm really working on all this month is, is, is bridges between Oh, beautiful, man. Thank you. Thank you for giving us this, this space. Yeah. Yeah. Many, many blessings, man. All right. Well, we'll stay safe and, uh, and, and enjoy your time in London, John, as well. You know what I'm saying? I plan, I plan to enjoy mine and, uh, (laughs) good luck, man. I mean it. I mean, I hope you get it. You deserve it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Much love. All right, guys. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Teacher, what star is that? It's my own secret technique. What's it called? Take me sucking out of new games over, over. What's it called? Adisa and Joko's family. That's right. What's it called?